Lift up our Bibles. This book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Convinced living water changes everything one life at a time. Praise the Lord. That is true. So as we get ready and talk about those uh, lives being changed, there is nothing that will mark the changing of a life like the greatness of God being displayed and them understanding that God is who he says he is. And the gifts that we are looking at here in 1 Corinthians are used by the Lord oftentimes with evangelism. Now, I want us to think about this. In our country, we have been blessed with some incredible evangelists, and that is a scriptural office. But I believe we also need to understand that these gifts that the Lord wants us to have are available for the body of Christ. They're available for all who believe. And so many times, uh, maybe because of the, the crusades or because of the blessing that we've had in our country, we sometimes have said, well, those gifts follow really when you're uh, renting a tent and you're up on stage and you're preaching the gospel and the Lord falls. I believe these gifts are as practical in a setting like this as they are with you ministering the gospel right where you are. Because God wants to reach the lost. God wants uh, to, to change their hearts. What greater way than to see the greatness of God revealed as he works through you and as the power of God comes on and brings uh, in incredible change. Now, will every time the Holy Spirit moves, will it bring people to uh, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? No, we know from looking in the Old Testament and the New. There are times when God does miracles, God does miraculous, God does all kinds of things, and people harden their hearts still. So I don't want us to get this idea that this is the end all, but I want us to get the idea that this is God's plan, that as His Holy Spirit moves, there will be those who will be saved. And the Scripture says in the last day, there will be a harvest. So even in the, the tension and all that we're experiencing in our world today, however it goes, whether it gets worse, whether it uh, crescendos, comes down, guys, God's on the throne. I know this. The church needs to arise. The church has the answer. And it's not the church, it's Jesus. The answer that the church has is not another building, not another program, not another uh, fancy service where we can persuade people. We need to fall upon the rock of Jesus Christ and his spirit who can draw people to himself. He and he alone is the only one who can save. But he knows what 
your situation is, who your family member is, who your friend is, who that loved one is, who that person that you think could never give their hearts to Jesus, God knows and he knows how to reach them. <clears throat> so as we look at these gifts today, uh, I have so much on my heart, uh, but as we look at these gifts, I'm, I'm going to uh, try to... Uh, be obedient to the Lord, we, we have had just a whirlwind of activity this weekend, and God is awesome. As I get ready to talk about the Holy Spirit and how he works, God is amazing enough that he says, I'll tell you what, I'm not only going to let you preach about it, how about if you would experience it on the way? <laughs> And it, it has been, I, I, if I can get it all out, I, I want to warn you, this is one of those Sundays that, that I may have a conniption fit for Jesus <laughs> because there's one person that gets me more wound up than anything in the world, and that's him. When he shows up and comes on the scene, he's better than any drug you could ever want. There is no high like the most high. And when he shows up, I'm telling you, it's worth shouting about. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about the power, what, what, people have said. Now, the Scripture doesn't say this. They've been labeled this because often when these gifts of the Spirit of faith or healings or miracles work, they're often associated with great shakings of God happening. Okay, that's why they're called power gifts. Now, remember, Paul's writing, and he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be unaware of these. So, we don't want to, at North Lake Church, we have set our heart on saying, God, we want the entirety of your word, which means we're going to allow your spirit to move, which means that we want everything to be in order because that's what God's word says. So when the spirit of God moves, when he really is uh, moving in the midst of your situation, your circumstance, he glorifies God and Jesus. It is never to glorify the vessel. Never to glorify the vessel. All right, so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapters 12, verses 4 through 11 this time. Okay? So we're looking at 4 through 11. We're going to start reading there. And if you can follow along with me at number four. Now, there are variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. And there are a variety of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. 
to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles. Okay? And we're going to stop there at verse uh Uh, right there, although we could read all the way through. We've read that last week, and we're continuing to read this uh, passage because this is where uh, we're focusing. But we're going to focus on these three specific uh, things that the Spirit does. That is faith, healing, and miracles. Faith, healing, and miracles. Now, there is nothing more controversial, or could be intimidating, even in a Pentecostal Assembly of God church, than to preach on healing. Because I will tell you, be the first to admit to you, if you think there will come a time, even if the Lord has used you in a mighty way through a gift of healings, that you and I will ever understand how or why and when God heals, then I would like to know. (laughs) Because I read the scripture that says we see through a glass right now dark at best. There are things that God reveals, and then there are things that God just doesn't always reveal. And in healing, I have seen people fight and stress and fuss and muss with healings because they feel like they've got to know everything and have to know it so that they don't get surprised by God. But guess what? He's going to surprise you. (laughs) I have never seen him where he doesn't surprise you. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean God wants us to be ignorant about healing. That doesn't mean that God clearly states he is the God of healing. That there's no disease, no sickness that he can't heal. Nothing is too difficult for God. And in fact, Jesus, in giving the disciples a, a example of how they should pray tells them the story of an unjust judge. And he says, that's how you should pray and never give up. But I will tell you, in our zeal sometimes for the Lord to work gifts of healing, I have seen sometime in zeal uh, us do some things that embarrass God. Now, I will tell you, I would rather be out there for the Lord than out there for the world or Satan. (laughs) Do you hear me? I mean, if you're going to miss the mark, miss it trying to strive for the things of God, not the things of the world. Amen? Can I get an amen? (laughs) Because I have spent, as I said last week, enough foolish time doing things of the world, and I know they don't profit anything. So it's not that, uh, again, I'm saying because this is hard and because sometimes uh, uh, there's some tension that you should avoid this. What I'm saying is this. If you think 
especially on healing, that if you get more than two people in the same room at once and you start talking about healing, there will be disagreements. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? So just let it go. And let God be God and, and let us be who we are but what we do have to do is we have to be obedient to him. And what he does ask us is he says, pray for the sick. He says, lay hands on them. Pray the prayer of faith. Believe that I will move. And so that's what we are to do. So you say, well, pastor, what do you do if? There's the thing. We got all these ifs. And so the first thing I will tell you, I go through a little thing, and I've listed some scriptures here for you. Not uh, extensively or exhaustively. There are so many more scriptures on healing that I couldn't list, but I've listed some. And after we get through talking about healing, we'll talk about faith and miracles. But this is the first thing I want you to know about healing. And by the way, I picked this picture because we need to get this. Although these are human hands, it is never the human hand that is responsible for the healing. It is the Spirit of God in between those hands, working through those hands. That's why I said we can never say we possess a gift. It belongs to the one who gives it just as he determines, it says in verse number 11. Just as he determines. But here's some things. Number one, he heals and he is sovereign. This is usually where people get in trouble. They love the promises of God, and they want to sometimes really ride in on those, but they don't do well with God's sovereignty. There are times in my life where I have not understood God and what he's doing. Am I the only one? <laughs> and, and I will say this. There are times when God has allowed me to live some more life, and then I've looked back and understood. And there are still times when I don't understand, and I may never understand. But I trust the Lord because of his character, that he's holy. He's just. He's righteous. He will not sin. That's not in his character. So even when I filter it through my finite uh, mind of my human capacity, even if it seems unjust and unfair, he's sovereign and he's Lord. We need to grab a hold of that, that he is sovereign. Now, uh, here's one that's great, John 14, 12 through 14. Greater things will you do. Because he went to the Father. And that's what it says. He says, ask anything in my name and I'll do it. Now, you say, well, how does that relate to what you just said? I struggle working that out at times. Wow, really, Pastor? Yes. Sometimes that's a struggle. But what I do is I yield and be obedient to the Word of God. 
I say, Lord, you do say you will do greater things. Now, the greater things is because, guess what? All of you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and all of you can call on him and ask the Lord to work his gifts through you. And that's what what John is writing there, and what Jesus said is, greater things are you going to do. So, My point is, I think our expectations need to be raised. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? We have our mindset, especially sometimes in our own country, on get all you can, can all you get, and sit on your can. And God says, you need to set your sights bigger. This is about the kingdom of God. This is about eternal things. This is about things that I want to do in and through you for the glory of God for eternal purposes. And I miss the things of God so often because I'm stuck in this carnal body and I'm trying to do things that if I would just relax and say, Lord, what's on your agenda? What's on your agenda? thing for me to accomplish to do today. When I get on God's page, I see God show up. It is there. I will tell you this, if I'm on my own page, I never see God. (laughs) I never see him. Not because he isn't there, but because I'm like this. Or really should say like this. It's all about me. And It isn't. It's about him, and it's about his kingdom, and it's about eternal purposes. So uh, then uh, there are different ways God tells us to pray. This is James where he says there are times when you, you need to call the elders, lay hands, pray, anoint them with oil. I've had sometimes people say, well, is that a special oil you go to get? I've used olive oil out of my kitchen. I've used all kinds of, it's a representation. It's nothing in the oil itself. We're being obedient to the word of God. That's what it is. And then in Matthew chapter 10, in case we think that it has to happen that way all the time, Jesus in Matthew 10 takes the disciples and says, you go out and do it. So, The kingdom of God was never to be about one person or even a handful of people. It was meant the body of Christ doing the work of God. And when we get that, when we get the fact that there is no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom of God, we are all blessed by the same spirit and the same God. All of us moving with him and in him and through him and for his glory. Amen? Here's one, though, that we just don't understand. Now, I've had ones that I have thought have explained it to me good theologically and others that I just think that's kind of silly and what I'm talking about is Paul. But like it or not, What we know, and we can sit here and debate probably for five days what his thorn was. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I've, I've heard a variety of things, 
the point is, my point always is this, God didn't tell us. <laughs> That's the obvious. God didn't think it was important enough for you and I to know what it was. But I, this I know. Paul says, I prayed three distinct times. Lord, take this from me. And what did God say to him? Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is being made perfect in your weakness. That's what we often don't understand. Because what we do in our flesh, and I have been guilty, I'm, I'm sure all of it to some extent, someone isn't healed, doesn't get healed, something we see we don't see in their life, and we begin with every story in our head of why God hasn't healed them. If your hair's too long, there's sin in your heart. <laughs> and we make up all kinds of different stories of why this person has failed and God is not meeting their need. But the bottom line is, we don't know. And unless... God gives you a word of wisdom or knowledge, and may I say, which I didn't cover last week, not every time God gives you a word of knowledge or wisdom means your mouth needs to open. Sometimes God gives you that so you can pray, not just babble. Okay? So, but... But if unless you've heard, and when a word from the Lord comes like that, I just will say to you in a teachable moment, every time I have felt the Lord move on me to say something, I never assume, well, now, you know, I've walked with the Lord 25 years. So when I hear from God, I'm never mistaken. I go to somebody and I say, I believe the Lord is giving me a word for you. If the Holy Spirit confirms it to you, praise the Lord. Because I don't ever want to be disparaging to my Lord. <laughs> okay? So, uh, but here is a point where God didn't do what Paul wanted him to do. But guess what? It was for God's glory. We don't know why. <laughs> but it was because the Lord said it was for his glory. Now, if you really want to read a story of healing... Read John 9, my favorite chapter in the Gospels, because it's the one where the, the guy born blind gets healed. And the disciples start off by saying to Jesus, who sinned, his parents or someone else or him? And Jesus says, nobody. So, see, there's so much of healing we don't understand. So here's the bottom line before we move on about healing. The Holy Spirit wants to work gifts of healing through his church. Now, yes, he will do it through pastors, evangelists, uh, times when we are here in the church building. But, guys, it's supposed to be happening in the marketplace in the workplace, in the home. It's supposed to be there. So what I want to encourage you is seek and ask, God, if I'm in a situation that can bring you greater 
uh, uh, glory, where I can show the greatness of God, would you please use me as a vessel to work your gift of healing? Now, you say, well, boy, that's intimidating. Just take a step of faith for God. You're not responsible for the healing. And I tell you when, you, when you realize that, it takes load off. You can't heal anybody. Your faith can't heal anybody. <laughs> do you hear what I'm saying? Some of us sometimes think, well, I possess enough faith. I can do. Well, that's a dangerous place to be. I want to trust in my Lord and have him work his spirit in power for his glory. Amen? So what I'm saying is this. Do not soil God's reputation because you don't understand something. Don't do it. Don't drag God's character through the mud because you're not understanding something. Uh, it, it causes discouragement with other people. Sometimes, you know, the scripture that says, don't cause one of these little ones to fall, that's a serious scripture. Don't, don't, uh, don't presume you've arrived and matured with the Lord so much that there won't be things of God you don't understand. Amen? Amen. All right. So these are the two now that I want to, to move on to, and they're gifts of faith and of uh, miracles. Now, in, in this gifts of faith... Uh, Paul mentions in Second Corinthians or First Corinthians thirteen two, faith that will move a mountain. And he talks. Jesus talks about faith that will move a mountain. Um, faith sometimes uh, gets the same thing as healing. I mean, in the Pentecostal circles, circles, we've all heard so much about faith, haven't we? Well, you don't have enough faith. You haven't, I, I understand all that God says about faith. I'm not denying that God says you need to grow your faith, need to stretch your faith. Every man has been given a measure of faith. So if you've come to Christ, you have a measure of faith. And I agree it's like a muscle. You do need to grow it. You need to exercise it. But what happens is when we start developing pet doctrines... Because God has worked a certain way maybe in our situation once, so we apply that to everyone else. And we start saying, well, you know, if you really had enough faith, brother, God would move for you. But, boy, you have to, you have to be like me and get on your knees and do all. I mean, we begin to the, do this litmus test of why that God is not answering somehow because they are faith deficient. We need to be careful, brothers and sisters. We need to be careful that we speak the word of God and nothing else. Now, God says, if you come to seek after him, you must believe in him and believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There is no question. If you don't have time to seek God, you will not find faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the... If you never put the Word of God in your heart, you will never build your faith. 
It comes by hearing the Word of God. That's why it's not enough just to read it. I like reading it out loud. I like hearing it on tape. Get it in there. Because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Amen? So faith that can move mountains. I don't know how I hit that. But faith that can move mountains. Now, we immediately think of a natural mountain, but I'm telling you, there are times in life when there are mountains. <laughs> and unless the hand of God move, you're stuck. Well, let me just tell you, I, again, working this out, and I know I have to be quick, but I, I want to talk about faith and miracles. Be, and I want to talk about it in this context. This is really, I've prayed, and I've been struggling with this all night long. Uh, but what I want you to see is faith and miracles and healings are not designated to an elite few. They're given to the body of Christ. They're not given to superstars and super Christians. They're given to the church of Jesus Christ. They're given to everyone who calls on him so that you can be effective in your testimony, in your witness to Jesus, in your family, and in your workplace, and in the marketplace, and in our community. God wants to be glorified. And so in this, these two, faith and miracles, I want to talk about these two together because that's kind of how God did it for us. They don't always need to work together, but Dominic and Michaela have had, and they've, I've asked them permission, <laughs> they've been going through some interesting things. Dominic got accepted into the Coast Guard. We knew that. He applied for full time. He got denied. Three weeks later, three weeks later, roughly, they call back. They what? Could have been less than three weeks. She calls back his chief, says, Dom, you're going active. He said, I thought they denied me. She says, no, I have the papers on my desk. They changed their mind. And, and this happened while we were on vacation. Dom said, how often has this ever happened? She said, in my career, never. Now, there are times in my life, and I think all of us can agree with this, where we have had something that has happened where it's been kind of a one-odd instance, and we thought, well, that was kind of a coincidence. All of us have had those times. But there are other times when God does so many things in order around what you've been praying about that there's no escaping, that it has the signature of God Almighty all over it. It's got the fingerprints of God. It's got the look of God. It's got the breath of God. In fact, my wife said, as we, this whole thing unfolded, this whole thing just stinks of God. <laughs> it has an aroma of Him. And so... Here, he's getting ready, and then he finds out when he's going, August 27th. They called him and said, get ready. We want you on duty 
August 27th. Where are you going? Grays Harbor, Westport. Hallelujah. <laughs> Good for us. <laughs> so that's where they're going. But in the midst of this, they first told Dom there's two houses available in military barrack in, in, for, for uh, family housing. They call back. Okay, what do we need to do? Well, there's no housing available. We began searching. How long? A week? All of us have been online and called Westport. The kids went there last week. That's why they weren't here. There is not a apartment, house, other than an office building 10 by 10 that we saw that is for rent in Westport. Nothing. Not one thing. So Jill and I thought, wow, that's odd. Nothing. Everything that we had was a roadblock. Well, Michaela and Dom are getting frustrated. <laughs> so is an understatement. Jill comes home, and my, and my daughter said this was okay to, to share because her daddy has been in this spot before. <laughs> Jill comes home Friday Friday morning, uh, uh, Michaela's in Dom's lap, crying. She walks in the door. She says, what's going on? Well, Michaela was saying, well, you know, I don't understand this. God first calls us. We believe we're going. Then it says no. Then God opens the door for us to go. Now Dom's going to have to move away. I don't have anywhere to go. I'm going to have to stay here until housing opens. I don't want to leave without my husband. I want to go with him. I don't know what I'm going to do. And Jill says, well, it sounds like you better pray. And she said, in fact, I suggest that two of you pray together out loud to God. Now, that was, fr that was Friday, Friday night. Friday night, they're praying. This was Dom's prayer out loud verbatim. Per Michaela. Lord, it's getting down to the wire. We've looked. We can't find anything. So what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> now, that was Friday. Jill and I, uh, part, I was up here painting. I was going to leave at 11 o'clock. I looked at my watch at 11.15, said, oops, I got to go. Ran down to the house, literally ran through the shower, went to Westport. Dominic was up turning in his equipment in Seattle and supposed to meet us in Westport. Every time they tried to do something in Seattle, they were blocked. Every time. They waited, they missed one exit, waited on the off-ramp for one hour. They finally called us frustrated and said, well, I don't even know if you guys want to go. We're not going to be able to make it. Well, we said, we're going. So uh, we were going to go look around uh, and do, see what we can do. So we get there to Westport. We got there at 2.30. We are driving up and down the streets up and down, up and down. 
there is there is nothing available in Westport. Nothing. I'm driving and Jill says a prayer. This is what Jill's prayer was. Lord, we need you to show us something here. We passed a realtor on Saturday about 3.30. She goes, that realtor's open. There's someone in there. She goes, should we stop and ask? I started to drive by. Now, this is a miracle in itself because when I drive by, I usually don't stop. <laughs> but I had an ur. I said, yes, we're going to do that. I pulled over. I turned back in, and I even said, why am I doing this? I walked into that realtor. There's a guy sitting at the back. He walks up, and we say, hey, uh, this is why we're here. He says, well, there's nothing to rent in Westport. He said, here's a, 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 a list of all the houses under $150,000 if you want to look at that. But he says, we don't deal with rentals. And he said, I will tell you, though, rentals don't come around here in Westport. And then he said, but I will tell you something. There is a rental that opened just yesterday. And one, and you need to go check it out. They go to this street. To turn. I said, great. We jumped in the car. We got in the car, and we began to go. Okay? We get there. We pull up. We jump out of the car. Jill starts looking in the windows. The lady comes up and says, what are you doing here? Well, we'd like to rent. look at renting the apartment. She goes, I'm sorry. It's been rented. And Jill said, well, you have your for rent sign still out. She goes, well, I'm right in the process. I do have another one. The guy just moved out. is so dirty. I don't even, she goes, I, I, I never show a place unless it's ready. But she says, why don't you come look at it? We said, okay. We opened up the door. It's a very nice two-bedroom washer and dryer hookup dishwasher, refrigerator, duplex. And Jill says, well, she starts talking to this lady. This lady says, well, you know, here's the funny thing. She goes, I realize I'm sitting here trying to get this thing ready. I had no intention of this happening to me. The guy moved out. It's a mess. I'm going on vacation Monday, and I don't know what to do to how to get this done. She's frustrated. She's in a frazzle. She said, literally, I have had this apartment listed now for two days, and I have not answered my phone one time. And Jill said, would you show us the apartment? My kids are going to be here any minute. The kids were on their way, and it was now 530. Everything is closed. They wa we walk in. The kids get there. She finds out that Dom is in the U.S. Coast Guard. She says, oh, you know what? I was a Coast Guard Reserve. <laughs> and she starts telling about her service and everything. And then they said, well, we really like this. And she goes, well, I'll tell you what. She says, why don't you guys take the applications, and if you're interested, if you really like it, fill them out, come back, and, and we'll see what we can do. 
By the way, Jill said, how much is it a month? She says, well, let's see, I can't remember, 601, 602, or 603. She charges them by the number. $600 a month. $600 a month. Okay, that's all we knew at that point. We get in the car. Michaela says, Dad, we got to go to Chase Bank. We look up Chase Bank. No Chase Bank in Westport. Got to go to Aberdeen. This is me. I'm saying, okay, faith, I've told you, is not my thing. (laughs) Sometimes the Lord does it. I would love to have him grow me. But I say, that's a half hour away. We can't do that. Jill says, what else are we going to (laughs) do? So we're going to Aberdeen. (laughs) She plugs it in. We're on our way to Aberdeen. We call Dom, tell him we're going to be an hour because it's half hour there, half hour back. So we go to get the money. We get to the place. It's not a Chase Bank. It's an Arco station with a Chase U ATM inside. <laughs> so we're sitting there in an Arco station in front of a Chase ATM. <laughs> and so Michaela goes in there and punches in her number. She comes back out with this panicked look. But before she came back out, Jill said, they're not going to give her the full 600 I said, that's okay. I'll get whatever she's not needing. She can pay us back. So she comes out with 500 and says, Dad, I can't get it. I'm on my way. Just don't even worry about it. <laughs> Pulled out the rest. We're pulling out of Arco. My daughter works for Gentle Dental. She works with pediatrics in the dentistry. She has been saying, Dad, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, uh, you know, here I've been working this job 10, 11 months. I, I would like to have a job, but what are the chances? <laughs> what are the chances, right? We, we pulled out of that Arco station a, less than a block on the left-hand side. Harbor Kids Pediatric Dentistry opening soon with a number. <laughs> She had to Google it. She Googled it, got the number. I was at this point saying, okay, God, what is this? This is God all over. So Michaela gets the number. She leaves a message about who she is, about the fact she's going to be in Westport. Her husband's coming. She is looking for a dental position. I am going to give you the rest of the story like Paul Harvey, but I am convinced they're calling her probably Monday morning. We pull in, go back, we got the applications, we're filling them out. No rental history. My kids have zero rental history, none, okay? Uh, They've looked. You guys knew they looked here, couldn't find anything. And so, but here's this. How many months ago my wife says, you know what, it would be wise for you guys to put rental insurance on your car insurance, for your house since you're going to be renting. They did. They fill this application out. The question says, do you have rental insurance? Michaela says, yes, we do. (laughs) So she checks the box. Yes, we do. They get ready. They take the application back, and we get to the place. It's now maybe 6.30, 7, and literally the girl was at the driveway with her purse over her shoulder, about to get in her truck when we pulled up. 
Dominic looked at us, and we looked at him and said, you go in there and do a good job. <laughs> We're not going with you. <laughs> and he said, what? I said, yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> this was important because, you know, when God does something for you, you don't want it to be someone else who's done it for you. They walked in. And they were in there quite a while, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, Lord, what are you doing? I mean, this is getting a little bit uh, uh, on pins and needles here. The kids come out. She gave them the apartment. There is no first months. There is no last months. There is nothing but a $600 security refundable deposit. And then she says, Dom was having this conversation with Jill. Mom, I really would like to move in before the camp out. I want to get settled. I, I think I'm going to tell her the 17th. Jill says, I don't know, son. Maybe you ought to tell him the 24th. Because they may give you that week, but who knows? So they go in there, and Michaela's getting ready to say the 24th, and Dominic says, we would like to move in the 17th. The lady says, well, I'll tell you what I've been thinking. She says, I think I'm going on vacation. Why don't you just deposit the $600 into my account sometime next week, Monday? I will give you the keys to the house and put it in the security deposit box, and you just come on whenever you want to after the 11th and move in. And don't pay rent till September. <laughs> now, guys, let me tell you, that is God working through faith that was prayed in a prayer that was different than just saving faith. It was a faith that needed to reach out, and it was a gift of saying, God, we need this. What are you going to do about it? And then... God did a miracle. I believe in coincidence. I do not believe that every one of these events, also some of them timed down to the minute, God did a miracle. I say that to tell you, God wants to work miracles in you, in your situation. He wants to use you in faith. Step out. He's a big God. He'll do more than you anticipate. He'll use you in a greater way. You may be on the edge of your rope. Call out to God and say, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do, but he will do it. Are you at your 11th hour? Are you at your ninth inning? I will tell you, that's where God loves it. Because when we are at our end, God moves. Bow your head.